Good morning, folks. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent November 27th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Good morning, folks. How you doing? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire, 18 years of service, diploma in theater arts. Got a couple things that I'm grateful for this morning as an actor sitting before you. I've seen fire and I've seen rain, been through the flames, walked over the hot coals in my artistic life, and um, got a few things to be grateful for today. Um, One of the major things is perseverance. Perseverance, uh, the chase of uh, an artistic life, Um, yeah. It's something to be pretty grateful for because, you know, you get you get to learn all sorts of things about yourself. Like you didn't know what a crybaby you could be, you know, laying around wallowing, blubbering about your fucking career. But um, you also get to learn that, you know, there's a lot of focus, a lot of potential, a lot of strength in your character. You know, bumping and grinding along through the hiccups, (laughs) the hiccups of life, just sweating it out, staying the course and um, fighting to realize some of the beauty you hold inside. Is this getting a little too poetic? (laughs) This sounds very, um, you know, teenage chicken soup for the soul or whatever the fuck, but... um, It truly is. It's truly a blessing when you think about the perseverance. Um, If you can relate in anything you do, whenever you stick the course in life, you can be proud of that in any situation. If you have the perseverance to sweat it out. And uh, that's what I'm feeling today. Very grateful for that perseverance and that focus because... um, It's easy to tear it down. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's so much easier to destroy than it is to build. And there's a lot of negativity and a lot of um, pushback that you come up up against as an actor. You know? It's generally like the door is slammed in your face at every turn. And I really... Don't feel any way about it at all today, 18 years in the game. I mean, I just do my own thing. And I got a good attitude, which I haven't, I haven't always had. So I'm grateful for that perseverance and that focus. And I hope that can be um, a parallel people can draw in any career, you know? 
in any career, in any situation in life, when you stick to your guns and have that perseverance, it's, you know, it's a blessing. and It's something to be grateful for. Focus, perseverance. And in regards to some of the new things that are coming up with me right now as an actor, uh, very happy to say um, I got some new projects in work. Yes, I do. I have some new projects in the works. Um, if you go on my YouTube channel, Jonathan Ramcharan on YouTube, um, I have a section on my channel called JR the P Snips. And in that section, th 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 section um, I have a bunch of audio plays. These are um, audio plays, radio theater type projects performances that I wrote, put together, produced. And um, the latest, the latest one I have is The Hook, which is, a, which is a narration of the urban legend, The Hook, about um, an escaped mental patient from an asylum who um, preys upon young couples as they park and, you know, neck, kiss, dry hump, whatever it is that the kids do, you know, this mental patient with a hook for a hand terrorizes these young lovers. So um, check that out when you get the chance. The Hook, an urban legend uh, narrated by yours truly, Jonathan Ramcharan. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor. I am also an alcoholic. Yeah. Full-blown full alcoholic. <laughs> Three years of sobriety, though. Three years of sobriety and, again, feeling very blessed. Um, I'm finally approaching some normalcy in my life. And, um, hey, what is normal? I, uh, I've gone to a lot of recovery meetings, 12-step meetings, things like that. And one thing I heard a woman say one time in recovery, she goes, well, what is normal? What is normalcy? Normal is just a setting on a washing machine. <laughs> Set it to normal. This is, you know, what is normal? You know, so... That, it, that isn't something that is universal or chartable, rankable, studyable. What is a normal human being? Well, for me, what that is, is I've been relieved of my two-part condition of alcoholism. On a daily reprieve, on a one-day-at-a-time basis, but I'm relieved of that condition for the time being, as long as I keep focused in my recovery. And that two-part condition, many people believe, uh, the two-part condition of alcoholism is, number one, I have an allergic reaction to alcohol. I take a drink of alcohol, you know, take a drink of alcohol, my body breaks out in a craving, I have an allergic reaction, 
and I can't safely say when I'll stop. So that's the first part of alcoholism. The second part of that two-part condition is the mental obsession. You know, the circus comes to town when you're an alcoholic. It's in your mind, you know, bearded women, you know, fat ladies, you know, hairy covered boys, twin headed fucking creatures, tight rope acts, acrobats, clowns, elephants. Bears riding a unicycle, the whole fucking kitten caboodle. When you're an alcoholic, the circus is in town. The mental obsession. So yes, I've been relieved of that, and I'm feeling normal. And again, that two-part condition is the allergic reaction slash craving and the mental obsession. I've been relieved of that, and I'm feeling normal. And um, I'd like to extend that to anybody out there searching for recovery. I suggest maybe trying what I did. And again, I joined a 12-step program that's nothing official. You can probably find one in any city all over the world. That's how far this program reaches. So I joined a 12-step program. I got involved in the community. Um, It's a place where you can meet up several times a week to practice various steps of recovery. You get to share on your issues pertaining to your recovery, and you get to listen. You get to hear from others. And what that does is it brings you out of your isolation because alcoholism is antisocial, self-absorbed behavior. It's an isolating behavior. And um, you get to be reintegrated into community, society in a very um, healthy way. And day by day, your days add up. And one day, you find yourself in a new life. And it's a blessing. And in regards to the circus, in regards to the circus, um, you know, And the idea of normal being a setting on a washing machine, you know, Um, one thing that really helped me in my early recovery, which I use to this day, one thing that really helped me is the saying, it's an acronym that we have in recovery, HALT. HALT stands for Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. Thou shalt not pass. Thou shalt not pass. Halt. So when you get in those feelings of abnormality, when the wheels are spinning out, take a step back and think like, yo, maybe it's just a matter of being hungry. Maybe you're just angry, maybe you're lonely, or maybe you're tired. Halt. And if you address those issues, it can make you more grounded in your recovery. 
it can humanize your condition where it's like you you know maybe you're not as far gone as you think maybe it's just some simple human tlc tender love and care that you need to give yourself and you can get through those trying times halt hungry angry lonely tired so there you have it folks Jonathan Ramcharan, alcoholic. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And you heard me praising the Lord there. I love me some Jesus. But um, for the person out there who may be new to recovery, for the new person, I would just like to emphasize um, these 12-step programs. There's no emphasis on God. No emphasis on religion, no dues, no fees. It's strictly about recovery. <laughs> I am also an a janitor. Yep. I'm talking mop buckets, slop buckets, garbage bins, urinals, recycling bins, parking lots. Um, tampons, mopping, dusting, the whole kit and caboodle, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a motherfucking janitor. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. I'm a motherfucking janitor. God made dirt and dirt bust your ass. Stop annoying me. Yeah, play my music loud. To get old dirty to move the crowd. He said he had his dick in his mouth. Daddy Murphy taught me back, back at the house. No, give me my money. Sing it. Sing it, girl. Now sing it right now. If Dirty wants his money, I think y'all should give him his money. That's how I like it, girl. Sexy, sexy, sexy. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. I'm a motherfucking janitor. <laughs> and I love old dirty bastard. But um, anyway. Um, yeah. I push my little mop bucket. I dip the mop in the mop water. Then I mop the floor. You know? Washing windows like an asshole. You know? Pushing garbage trolleys. You know? Vacuuming. You know, it's blessed um, and it facilitates two things. Um, as I mentioned, I am an actor, so it keeps me in the game of performing. I got expenses. I got things I need to cover. I got goals and targets I need to hit that require financial backing. So that's where this little janitorial hustle comes into play. And number two, um, idle hands are the devil's playground. <laughs> so like when you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs, twiddly D, that's when that notion of, you know, abnormality, the setting on a washing machine, that's when the uh, abnormal, normal, subnormal thoughts can potentially creep in. So having a nine to five gig keeps me focused in my recovery as well. So it's a very blessed thing. But, um, you know, there's always some fodder. There's always some chuckles and guffaws in the janitorial trade. Um, 
you know. And you have to be able to throw your ego aside sometimes, which I think is relatable to any career field. Um, sometimes you got to throw your ego aside, roll up them sleeves, fucking go face first in a urinal, toilet, whatever the fuck it is, plunge a toilet, you know. You ever plunged a toilet? And sometimes you just got to roll up them sleeves and dive in and throw the ego aside. Um, one little situation that I'm dealing with right now is, um, you know, several people at work are, are calling me by a different name. They don't know what my name is. And it's hilarious because I wear a name tag, you know? So there's this, um, there's this gay guy at work, and he's a real sweet guy, real nice guy, hilarious to talk to, but he doesn't know my name. And he always calls me Christopher. <laughs> He'll walk up to me like, Good morning, Christopher. <laughs> morning, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. A couple times he was calling me that. Like, I hear, Good morning, Christopher. And I'm like bent over, sweeping something up. I'm like, Hi, Christopher. And I'm like, Christopher? I always wanted to be a Christopher, you know. Somebody calls me Mark. There's some dude who uh, he works in the kitchen. He's like a chef. He'd be like, good morning, Mark, my friend. How are you today, Mark, my friend? I'm like, Mark? Who the hell's Mark? This other dude, he calls me Anthony. He works on the loading dock, right? He'd be like, good morning, Anthony. How are you, my friend? How are you today, Anthony? How are you doing, bro? I'm just like, who fucks Anthony? I got a fucking name tag on for Bumba Clut Blood Clot sakes. I'm wearing a fucking name tag. The name's Jonathan. Jonathan of Jonathan Ramcher and the podcast, motherfucker. Haven't you heard of me? Ain't you heard? You her? <laughs> but it's a game of ego, and uh, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's just funny because it's like. Yo, I got a name tag around my neck. I got my name hanging on a fucking card around my neck. But hey, whatever. You know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. No big deal. Water off a duck's ass. One thing I've been focusing on lately is um, making people's day. Yeah, because... um. Where this is relatable, like I said, there's issues of ego, you know, in the workplace. I want to be respected, this, that, and the other, deadly duh. Like, we're all guilty of it. And what I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to take a step back, throw my ego aside, and focus on, well, how can I make somebody else's day? You know, I'm always so hell-bent worried about things going my way. Maybe I can try to make somebody else's day. And um, I recently got the chance to. There was this hot, hot, I'm talking fucking hot, like, um, you know, Donald Trump level sexual assault victim, hot Russian cosmonaut uh, woman at my work, right? This tall, leggy, blonde little minx, right? This fucking hot cosmonaut, right? She's like, Hello there, sir. Over here, Mr. Janitor, sir. Hello. Good morning. 
I'm like, what's up, baby? What do you want? Oh, do you mind vacuuming for me over here? Would you mind? You could you vacuum for me, Mr. Janitor, sir? Duh. Niet, niet. I'm just like, no problem, baby. Whatever you want me to vacuum, you want me to vacuum that rug, baby, I'll give it a shag, right? So I'm over there with the vacuum. <laughs> Finally, I get the vacuuming done, and she goes, Oh, duh. Oh, thank you so much. You, you made my day. You truly made my day. I'm so happy. Thank you. <laughs> no problem, honey. You know, you know, you made my day too, sweetheart. And, uh, you know, leggy little minx. A real sexy little cosmonaut, you know, and uh, you know, you know, I mean, you know, something as small as vacuuming up some dirt, dirt McGirt, vacuuming up some dirt for somebody, and it made her day. You know, she had some dirt in her office; it was bothering her. I went and I vacuumed, vacuumed it up, and she was on cloud nine. So, that's what I'm talking about, and um, also too. Um, at times, um, oh, whoops, hold on a second. My fridge is going. That's an annoyance. Wait. Yeah. Sorry, folks. One moment. You have to forgive me. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> yeah. As you can tell, oh, fuck off. What you fuck off? Fuck off. You know, um, if you would like to make a donation to uh, Jonathan Ramchand and the podcast, send all donations to that jr.thepodcast at jr.thepodcast at financial assistance at if you would like to make a donation. As you could tell, we're on a budget, you know, but, you know, for sake of audio, I had to go run and unplug the fridge, you know, but um, yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to focus on other people and be of service and bury the hatchet. I don't like holding grudges and diddly duh, dumbly do. Everybody has that enemy at work, right? And then you're walking around and then you see them and you guys lock eyes and, uh, you know, it's like enough of that. Bury the hatchet. Try to be of service. Don't hold a grudge. Try to work with people. And going forward, that's what I'm doing as a motherfucking janitor, you know? Pushing that mop bucket. You know, washing them windows. Pushing my garbage trolley. Vacuuming like an asshole. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, janitor. And last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. Ten years of service. Coming into my 11th year. Feeling very blessed. Feeling very grateful. Um, I made a lot of strides this year of 2019. I produced a lot of shows. I produced a lot of comedy shows um, of my own. Our Righteous Mike, that was the name of the comedy show um, I've been producing. It's on hiatus at the moment, but I've been producing comedy shows, getting on stage, writing, trying to be in my present, 
while also making steps for the future. And what I'm focusing on right now is, um, you know, keeping it real on the podcast, continuing to bring that laughter, joy, guffaw, <laughs> chuckles, daily chuckles. Well, weekly chuckles, really. But uh, focus on that, continued, continued to focus on that. And um, yes, solo performances and community performances. Those are the two focal points that I'd like to um, focus on in my comedy going forward. I'd like to do more solo performances, meaning putting together gigs where it's like, um, you know, me. Me going on stage for like, you know, an hour or so, working out material, maybe some sketches, but, um, you know, 45 minutes or so of comedy hour of comedy. I don't know. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Uh, not rough to do, but like it's still in a rough sketch. That's what I mean. It's like a rough outline still. I'm not exactly sure how I want to format these solo performances, but I do want to push for more solo performances. And uh, while at the same time, more community performances Producing shows that are open to my artistic community. Having an open stage for anybody who wants to come out, try out some material, X, Y, and Z. Keep that available. So, um, yes, that's what's going on with me right now as a comedian extraordinaire. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comedian. So, welcome to the show. Um, what else can I say here? Not what else, but um, take a look at my notes. Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, um, not, not as I mentioned, but it's the end of November. And we're creeping into that um, time of year that's very um, quiet, winter, Christmas. That's that time of year where people were, are with family, they're winding down the work year, you know, they're going indoors, they're, they're hibernating, so to speak. And um, things are kind of quiet, but why I like it when things are quiet like that is it gives me the opportunity to um, catch up on, you know, entertainment, things that I've wanted to see fuck around on Netflix, you know what I mean? Have a little fun, couch surf. So um, I've been um, Netflixing. That's my fucking way of staying positive with the term binge watching. Like, I'm, I don't binge watch, I Netflix. So I've been Netflixing like a motherfucker this past uh, week. And I saw two very interesting document documentaries. Um, spoiler alert, um, I'm not going to... Uh, say too much about them other than to outline what these documentaries are about. So I saw these two documentaries. Um, the first being Bikram, Yogi Guru Predator. And the second one, The Evil Next Door. Yes. So Bikram Guru Bikram, 
Yogi Guru Predator is about the famous yoga master Bikram Chandri, who came over from India in the 1970s and made a mark in America. He he taught like Elvis Presley was one of his first clients. He taught President Nixon uh, yoga, and he brought yoga to the masses. He he did uh, like yoga with like celebrities, politicians, um, socialites, actors, musicians, and he really brought yoga uh, to America more or less. And he lived a very high, rich profile life. Beverly Hills Mansion, trendy Los Angeles neighborhoods, uh, Rolls Royces, Maseratis, Mercedes Benzes for the kids, you know. And um, he got involved in some sex scandals. Yes. So that's very loosely what Bikram, yoga guru, predator is about the rise and you know fall of bikram chandri yoga master and the other documentary the evil next door is about um alleged nazi war war criminal john demunyuk john demunyuk was um a ukrainian man who immigrated to america after world war Two, somewhere around that time, 1945, early 50s, whatever, whenever he migrated. Went to work for Ford Motor Division in Cleveland, Ohio. Went to work for, went to work for Ford Motors. Was just some assembly line worker, whatever the fuck he was. And all of a sudden... Files come to surface, files come to light, witness testimony. Somehow, it is, it is brought out that he is potentially a Nazi that was nicknamed Ivan the Terrible, a gas chamber Nazi who would bayonet people, corral people into a fucking gas chamber with a bayonet prodding them in the back, ripping out chunks of their flesh, allegedly carrying a sword, slicing women's breasts off, beating children, stuffing them into a gas chamber. This guy was a monster. So this John Demunyuk of Ukraine and later of Cleveland, Ohio, he's allegedly a Nazi war criminal. This is a case that dated back to um, 1986. And that's where the documentary picks up. And um, they go through the whole case of what happened with this John Demunyuk. And uh, he was deported to Israel, Israel to stand trial. There was so much um, compelling evidence for and compelling evidence against the allegations that he was a war criminal, a Nazi. Very intriguing uh, documentary. So yeah, definitely check those out when you guys get the chance. Again, 
Bikram, Yoga, Guru, Predator, and The Evil Next Door. Very engaging documentaries. Documentaries. Very entertaining. And more than that, educational. And the thorough line, what I really kind of brought together, correlated, uh, I guess what I gleamed from uh, these two documentaries were, um, is the idea of corruption. Corruption. How evil and ugly the corrupted mind really can be. Like, you know, in the Bikram, Chandri uh, documentary, he was such a high-profile, famous person, multi-millionaire, sought-after yoga master. He taught classes where if people got certified under his umbrella of yoga, Bikram Yoga, they could get that certificate and teach yoga around the world, which, which was a very prestigious title. A lot of people sought it. A lot of people wanted to be in his orbit. Orbit. A lot of people wanted to be in his orbit because it was very appealing, very trendy, popular. There was money to be made. And a lot of these women, they got corrupted. They got suckered in. I don't even know if it's suckered because, yo, it's still out to lunch. It's The jury's still out. Who really knows what happened? But anyways, they come into his graces. They come into his confidence as teachers, sorry, as pupils. And, you know, he allegedly abused that trust, you know, roped them in under his guru-like uh, mentality with his guru powers and allegedly sexually assaulted all these women. And it's like, well, who do you believe? Because it's like the allegations are kind of weak at best. The documentary shows like both sides where it's like, you know, he was obviously a very troubled person. You know, he wasn't the most professional. He had a lot of questionable behaviors. But on the other side, he was also this guru, this enlightened person, this enlightened person of body, mind, spirit. And he reached and touched so many people. It was like an emotional roller coaster watching these yogis recount their times with him. When I walked into the room, he had an aura. There was just such a magnetism about him. He was truly like anyone I ever knew. I never felt more special. I never felt more calm, at peace. I never felt more in touch with who I was as a person. Then he tried to fuck me. You know what I mean? It's like, what do you believe, right? The corruption. Money, power, social standing, it corrupts. Then in the case of the John Demunyuk, yo, that's just one for the ages. One of the 20th century's biggest crimes. Crimes against humanity, the Holocaust. 
one of humanity's biggest crimes. What was the body count on that one? Six million plus Jews? Six million Jews? Was that the body count? Was that enough blood? And it's like, that's a question for the ages. And the corruption. How deep of a corruption? Like, How could you... How could Hitler and the Nazi machine, how could they have corrupted their minds to a place in which it's like, we're going to go out and mass murder six million Jews? <laughs> Yo, isn't, isn't that the most outrageous thing you could ask a person? Like if my government came to me and said, all right, Jonathan, we're going to need you to go and mass exterminate six million of these motherfuckers. I pull a motherfucking Muhammad Ali, baby. I'd pull a fucking Cassius Clay. I'd be like, yo, put my black ass in jail, motherfucker. I ain't touching a fucking gun. I ain't going to go do your little remote control fucking bidding. Fuck you. You got to be out of your goddamn mind to ask me a question like that. I'm sorry I had to bring God into this. Try not to say that word so much. But, you know what I mean? The corruption truly is ugly. And then what was very interesting in The Evil Next Door, the case of John Demunyuk, the Nazi war criminal, what was so interesting about that as well is, is like mistaken identity. Because he was, again, very charming, very charismatic, very, you know, you know, What's going on? I'm just a family man. Yet, yet, I never... No, I'm not a Nazi war criminal. No, I never mass murder a Jewish person. No, yet, no, I'm just a family man. What are you talking about? I, I go to work, I work on car, I make car, and... Uh, the, the, what, what are you talking about? I, I, I don't know anything about killing Jews. Uh, what? Is he just truly... Uh victim of mistaken identity or was he a fucking sociopathic blood-lusting nazi killer or rather a nazi that killed was he that type of motherfucker corruption so definitely check out those two documentaries when you get the chance the documentaries bikram yoga Guru, Predator, and The Evil Next Door. Very interesting content. Taking a sip of coffee. Pardon moi. <clears throat> I think I swallowed a shot glass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember once I was watching a documentary on Frank Sinatra and he was drunk right he's hammered he's up there he's conducting an orchestra right he's standing there and he's kind of fucked up looking right and he's got a wand in his hand one of those conducting wands and he's like yeah, pardon me uh, did I swallow a shot glass <laughs> did I swallow a shot glass <laughs> frog in my throat but anyways um in regards to those documentaries, documentaries, um, the thorough line, the thing that I kind of drew out 
from those films was the idea of corruption. And here we are in 2019 facing some major corruption issues of our era, of our times. You know what I mean? Um, You know, very interesting times we live in. And I'm talking about the Trump impeachment. Yes, the Donald Trump impeachment. So let me give you a recap. Um, to keep this current. Um, so, this is a news article from BBC.com. BBC.com news article. And to just bring it into context, what's going on with the Donald Trump, President Trump impeachment. At the heart of the impeachment, or rather, the U.S. President is accused of withholding U.S. military aid to pressure Ukraine into investigating his domestic political rival. At the heart of the impeachment inquiry is a phone call on July 25, 2019, between Mr. Trump and Ukraine's newly elected president, Vladimir Zelensky. During the call, Mr. Trump urged his counterpart to look into unsubstantiated corruption claims against Democratic White House contender Joe Biden. Mr. Trump's critics say this alleged political pressure on the vulnerable U.S. ally amounted to abuse of power. Okay, uh, Donald Trump speaking. Hi, Ukraine, uh, grabbing bitches by the pussy. Fake news. Got a question for you. Can you investigate my political rival, Joe Biden? I think he's been up to some no good. You know, he's a loser. He's a zero. I want to squash him as quick as possible. So if you can look into this Joe Biden situation, um, it would really appreciate it. Okay. And there might be something in it for you. Okay. You're hired. (laughs) Fucking Donald Trump. Corruption. Um... And some of the key moments of the last week or so in regards to the impeachment, here's some more information. Um, This is from nytimes.com, newyorktimes.com. So um, here's here's what you need to know. The Ukrainians may have learned about the hold on aid much earlier than previously known. Sondland, Gordon Sondland, testified he worked with Giuliani to pressure Ukraine at the express direction of the president. Everyone was in the loop, Sondland said, including Pence, Pompeo, Mulvaney, and others. Trump dismissed Sondland, saying, I don't know him very well. Democrats argued that Sondland's testimony bolstered their case for impeaching Trump. For Trump, what mattered most was that investigations of Democrats be publicly announced. Sondland confirmed in an indiscreet conversation, Sondland confirmed an indiscreet conversation with Trump, but disputed descriptions of July 10th meeting. Yeah. 
So, and uh, Gordon Sondland, I believe it's Gordon. Let me double check that. Sondland, Sondland. Yes, Gordon, Gordon D. Sondland. Uh, I believe, I believe he's the European Union ambassador to dump for Donald Trump, the American, the European Union ambassador, Gordon Sondland. Uh, that's being uh, marked as uh, significant testimony, a significant claim, and significant a significant admission. This Donald <laughs> Donald Sutherland, this Gordon Sondland, his admission is being um, his admission to the um, president pressing for investigation investigating measures against um, Joe Biden, his political rival, and the uh, withholding of funds to the Ukrainian military. His admission to these uh, allegations is being wild, widely accepted as pivotal, pivotal news in this impeachment scandal. And it all just reeks of corruption. I mean, it don't take no political scientist, pundit, Rhodes scholar to fucking know right from wrong. It don't take a fucking genius. And, um, you know, obviously, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just really mind boggling. Yeah, because it's all kind of like a witch hunt. It's all a witch hunt, a circus, fake news. <laughs> but it's all very much a circus. Like the news coverage of it is just it's just like these sycophants, these fucking blood-hungry reporters and these overinflated, um, this clerical clerk is going to pop out of the woodwork and say something. And this White House fucking um, desk clerk has something to say. And this ambassador of whatever has something to say. And this uh, head of state of blah, blah, blah has something to say. It's just such a swelling political farce political fucking circus and it really just comes down to right or wrong and at the moment people are generally saying that yes the president was wrong in making these um phone calls to the Ukrainian prime minister to the Ukrainian president these phone calls that president trump made to the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. It's widely being accepted that they were wrong. Trump was leveraging his office as president in exchange for investigative measures by Ukraine against his political rival, Joe Biden. And he was withholding funds in an effort to kind of gain leverage in the upcoming political uh, race, the 2020 race for president. And, yo, it's just corruption, corruption, corruption. And um, 
you know, I'm basically like everyone, just waiting to see what's going to happen next. And, you know, the only reason why I speak on it is I believe in being aware of my times, trying to be a man of my times, trying to be a person of my times, if that's more politically correct in the times. I don't want to go tit for tat with y'all motherfuckers. Just being a person of my time. A man of my times. And, you know, that's what it is. Being aware, but it's so like, it's, you know, it's like, uh, it can truly be as simple as right and wrong, doing the right thing, and going on with the next step. So, I don't have much thought on this. Other than, yo, he obviously did something wrong. I mean, should a president, should a governing body um, use that position to leverage favors around the world internationally? Should you abuse your office by seeking, um, you know, leverage in your political campaigns? That's what they call cheating. That's what they call deception. You know what I mean? That's what they call um, uh, you know, an indecent proposal, you know? And it's common sense. So I'm just trying to be a man of my times and stand, stand, bear witness to the times. <laughs> so hey. God bless America. Keep rocking in the free world. Hopefully it all works out. I'm sure it will. Um, what else? On a more personal note, though, um, corruption can even seep into your own world. When you are, um, you know, corrupt with your own dealings, how you deal with people, the di diplomatic front that you um, may or may not convey with the relationships in your life. See, I'm trying to put some political spin on this next piece. But I'm basically talking about, um, you know, corruption in your own ego. Corruption in your own dealings with people. Um, you know, I recently dealt with a friend who uh, said some pretty annoying words to me. Kind of came out of the blue with, uh, not so much out of the blue, but I had a friend say some things to me that rubbed me the wrong way. It annoyed me. And I got to thinking about it, and I went up and down in my emotions. Like, who is he to say that? But whatever, like, it's no big deal. And I was kind of up and down about it. And through my judgment of him, I realized, oh, I have people in my life that I've done similar um, things to. I've said similar words to other friends of mine. I wasn't noticing my own corruption. You know what I mean? 
Like, um, I have two friends of mine that are close that in previous times I have said some unflattering things towards them. And always in the guise of, in the guise, not, not in the guise would like allege that I was in disguise of my intentions. So not in the guise, but always in the hope of constructive criticism. That's always what my intentions were with these people, these friends of mine. And I'm guilty of the same corruption, you know, talking bullshit, giving advice when I wasn't asked for it, things like that. And, you know, I got to thinking about it and I'm like, oh, wow, like, you know, I got to take a step back, check the ego and see the own, see my own corruption in my own dealings with people. You know what I mean? Like spouting off that the mouth, saying this, saying that to people and not really thinking about my words. So it was a great opportunity that I had because, you know, like I said, this friend of mine kind of cheesed me off with his, um, you know, some of the words he said to me. And then I realized that, hey, wait, I'm kind of corrupted myself. I act that way too. And it was a good opportunity for me to reach out to some friends that I, uh, I may have offended in previous times and just say, hey, what's up? Uh, I was thinking about our last uh, conversation or whatever. And, you know, I hope I wasn't overstepping boundaries. I hope I wasn't, you know... Too over and too overbearing, imposing, and um, it was great. It was great. Um, it was great that I was able to see that because it really deflated my own ego. You know, I was upset. I was a little annoyed. Like, why did this person say this to me? That's a real annoyance, a real annoying thing that this person said to me. Why did they say that? And, you know, I, as I, as the more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm kind of corrupt. I kind of do that shit too. So I deflated a little bit. The ego went down. And I was able to reach out to some friends. And, you know, throw in a kind word and just be like, hey, look, I'm checking up on you. What's up? How are you doing? And it was a good learning situation. And that's really all I can ask for in life um, is to learn, to grow, to have a chance to be a better version of myself. And um, very grateful for that blessing. It's always great when you get it. And um, uh, yeah, you know, there's nothing like the blessing of growth and there's nothing like the blessing of, you know, growing and reconnecting with yourself, friends, society. It's better to get along. So that's what that was important for me to see that, hey, I'm just as corrupt as any motherfucker. Granted, I ain't grabbing no bitches by the pussy and, um, you know, you know, espionage spying on like you know rival comedians you know 
I'm going to call up Ukraine. Hey, Ukraine, how's it going? Jonathan Ramtram here, or a.k.a. Trump. Got a question for you. There's a fucking comedian that I don't like. Um, I want you to dig up some dirt on him. Uh, there might be something in it for you, okay? Uh, fake news. <laughs> so, um, you know, but I have corruption. And um, that's, that's worthwhile to know. Because, you know, while we go pointing fingers and this, that, and the other... How far removed are we from the same hypocrisy? Or just hypocrisy in general? So anyways, um, you know, aside from that, had a blessed week playing bass guitar like a motherfucker. That's one of my pastimes. I play bass guitar. And I'm trying to focus more on that. Yes. Now that I have um, this downtime, this lull in the Christmas season... I'm trying to gear myself up to, um, you know, reinvest, recommit to my hobbies and um, try to carry them forward because you know how it is. Life gets busy, things get hectic and, you know, shit ends up on the back burner. For example, like I play bass guitar like a fat dude skateboards. You ever see a fat dude on a skateboard? You're like, God bless him. Still hanging in there, right? It's the same deal with me with the bass guitar. It's like, mm, you know, I ain't nothing to write home about. But if you heard me, you know, I, I play better than most. I got something going for me. You know, will I make a buck or two? Who knows? But that's not even the point. It's more so like I'm a fat dude on a skateboard. I can still do it. So why not? So that's what I'm dealing with with the bass guitar playing. And I got the opportunity now that, you know, things are a little bit quieter. I could jump back into that and try to get charged, you know? You know, try to take some more accountability there. So, very blessed to do so. And um, that's kind of what's going on in my world at the moment. Um, also, I was on a television set. Yeah, I had the opportunity to be on a television set um, this past week. Unfortunately, as a janitor, <laughs> they shuffled me off to um, this television set. To um, They have various locations, my company. They have various locations in which they do their work. So they shuffled me off to this television set, this television studio, to do some janitorial cleaning, toilets, mopping, you know, things like that. But it was a great learning experience, you know, like... Um, eh, I got to see a television studio, see what was going on. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this, this looks familiar. This looks like something I should be doing. So, you know, it was good, good to, you know, see a different side. And, um, you know, going forward, I have goals in my career that aren't too far along those uh, lines. So it was kind of good inspiration and good learning experience. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, those are the positive things that are going on uh, with me. And it's important to, I think, look for those positive angles when uh, you're faced with a lot of societal, you know, that news cycle. You know, you're hearing corruption, you're hearing sex scandal, you're hearing Nazi war criminals like you're hearing all this craziness sometimes it's good to just reconnect with the basics you know get back into your passions your hobbies and 
keep a positive mind on the future. You can't predict the future, but why not have some positive energy going in that direction, right? Hallelujah. And before I get out of here, I got a gut-wrenching, semi-humorous, semi-terrifying news article to relate to y'all coming straight out of um, Toronto, Canada here. Um, Yes. One moment, folks. This is a disgusting news tale. This is a fucking going on in real time as of November 27th, 2019 in Toronto, Canada. There's been a there's been a feces attacker. <laughs> if that makes any sense, disgustingly enough, it does. Check this article. Oh, you stupid cell phone. Would you shut the fuck up? I don't know what's going on here. Making me look stupid. The cell phone's freezing here. I don't know why. I paid the bill. Would you stupid fucking... Okay, let me close this window, close that window. Maybe now it'll work. Oh, something's happening, folks. Stay stay fucking hopeful. Pray. Take a moment to pray, ladies and gentlemen. Don't mind me while my cell phone fucking... fixes its damn self. Yeah, it's always nice to have some dead air on a podcast. Oh my God. One thing that I hope for my future as a podcaster is like I start having like a minion. I would love to have my own little minion where I can like, all right, asshole, go look this up for me. Uh, can you look this up for me? Uh, what did I hear about um, a feces attack in Toronto? Can you look that up for me? Yeah, you might go get me a bagel. Go get me a bagel, cream cheese. Uh, you know, go get me a coffee. I need an assistant. Anyways, let me try to go to Google. One day I'll have my own fucking staff here at Jonathan Ramshaw, the podcast that I can order about. But at the moment, I got to do it by myself on a fucking cell phone. You mother blutter. Ugh, I don't know how much longer I can milk this. It's getting fucking stupid. Why, oh, why must you do this? This is hilarious because it's like, Sometimes you, f- there's always something, there's always, that's what's so interesting about the world of podcasting. There's always something. If it isn't something technical, it's something emotional, you know? Everything's technically set up, you know? The lights, the camera, the lighting, action, everything's technically right. But I'm feeling depressed. I'm not quite on my game. I don't know what to do. I don't feel like doing the podcast. That kind of is something you have to work through. Then you're all guns a-blazing, up at the crack of dawn, ready to do it. Then technological bullshit happens. There's always something. There's too much damn corruption in the podcasting game. Why? You know this never happens? This never fucking happens. All of a sudden it's happening. I don't know what the fuck this is. Anyway... This never happens. All of a sudden, now it's happening. Always something. 
But basically, this news story is about this dude who's been, like, dumping feces on people in Toronto. And it's crazy, and it's hectic, and I want to get it to you if this stupid internet will work, you know? And, um, again, it's the corruption of the human spirit. Like, think about how spiritually void you would have to be to be dumping feces on a motherfucker, right? You are out of your damn mind. Toronto feces. Okay, here we go. It looks like it's working. Toronto News. Feces attack. <laughs> feces scandal. Toronto Live. Diddly dum, diddly do. Um, yeah, this dude, he's been wandering around dumping feces on poor hapless fucking college students just trying to read a book in a library, getting blasted in the face with a pail of shit. All right, Toronto feces. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't want to know what comes up. Toronto feces. What? Okay, here we go. Here we go now. Here we go, yo. So, yo, what's the scenario? Here we go, yo. CTVnews.ca. Uh, what we know about the feces dumping assaults in Toronto. Um, diddly dum. Oh, wow. This is actually um, updated uh, quite a bit. So, a 23-year-old man has been charged in connection with three incidents where liquefied fecal matter was poured on unsuspecting individuals on Toronto University campuses. Here's what we know about the assaults. Where the assaults happened. The first assault occurred on November 22nd at the University of Toronto's Robarts Library. The second incident occurred two days later in York University's Scott Library. The university said in a statement that an unknown male entered the library and deposited fecal matter on a student who was seated at a table. The third incident occurred late Monday night outside a University of Toronto building near College Street and University Avenue. Police said a man dumped a bucket of feces on a woman who was on a sidewalk before fleeing. Okay. Police released photos of suspect. The photos were released, blah, blah, blah. Pardon me. Um... Uh, deadly dumb, deadly do. Uh, the man was described as being in his twenties with a medium build. He was late. He was last seen wearing a black hat, blue top, light colored pants, black gloves. Uh, the suspect is a black man, thirties, medium build. Uh, blah blah blah. What police are saying? Police previously said they believe the same person is responsible. Diddly dum, diddly do. On Tuesday night, police said that a suspect had been taken into custody in connection with all three incidents. Samuel Apoku of Toronto has been charged with five counts of assault with a weapon and five counts of mischief interfering with property. He is scheduled to appear in court on Wednesday. What witnesses said they saw? Check this out. A student at University of Toronto said she was in a library at the time of the first incident and will never forget the smell. <laughs> I thought it I thought it was coffee or something, Kaylee, who did not provide her last name, said on Monday. 
all of a sudden, the smell hit. <laughs> P.U. I thought I was going to faint. Me and my friends packed up our stuff and ran out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Toronto Mayor John Tory told reporters on Tuesday that he hopes the public will help locate the suspect, which they have. Uh, this person, to me, has some very serious issues. Most important is the person is tracked down, John Tory said in a statement. Mayor John Tory. So yeah, they have this uh, 23... Uh, who do they... What, how old is he? Um... They have their suspect in custody, Samuel Opuku of Toronto. He's the uh, alleged suspect. <laughs> Dumping fecal matter on a person. You have to be spiritually corrupt, out of your damn mind to do something like that. And it's hilarious, the woman's statement there. I'll never forget the smell. <laughs> wow. And, um, well... On that very fetching note, ladies and gentlemen, um, I'm going to go dump a bowl of feces over, um, I don't know, Donald Trump's head. Kidding. Fake news. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent November 27th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, the podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and on my website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. If you have any questions, queries, or qualms, please do hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, you live it, you love it, you realize it. I Peace! Ha 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 ha!